What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Casual Finance. I'm your host, Karen, and today's topic is credit. Credit is a complicated term to define, especially to someone who isn't familiar with financial terms. But hey, that's what this podcast is for, to make personal finance easy to understand. Now, credit isn't an actual thing you could say. It's more of a financial concept. Credit is the ability or arrangement to borrow money now with the idea and understanding to then pay it back later with interest. And interest is the amount accumulated over time for borrowing that money. It's usually a small percentage of the principal amount. You may have seen this idea of borrowing money and then paying it back later when people go on shopping sprees or buy something super expensive when you know they don't have the funds to afford it. It's what makes it so easy to overspend, but there are advantages to credit. The obvious is that even when your funds are low at the time, you can purchase products and services that you cannot afford. You don't need the money right there and then. Another is that credit is basically the best thing during financial emergencies. If you listened to the previous episode about budgets, I made you imagine yourself in the aftermath of a car crash situation. It is an unexpected situation that leads to the extra money you need in your pockets to pay for it. If your budget doesn't have room for any emergency situation, like a car crash, credit will allow you to pay for these emergency expenses and then you'll have to pay it back later. Some more advantages are it is easier to return merchandise with credit. You know, when you go to the store to return your clothes or whatever it is you're trying to return, it is pretty easy for them to put that money back onto the credit card instead of handling cash. Some other advantages are it is only a one monthly payment, it is safer than cash, and credit is usually required for hotels and definitely online shopping. Credit cards also have potential for rebates and more bonuses depending on the kinds you get. With credit, you could honestly buy anything you wanted, even if you don't have that money now. Go buy a car, a computer, a Louis Vuitton purse, but remember, the catch? You have to pay back the exact amount of money plus interest to the people you borrowed money from. And who are these people, you may ask? You borrow money from lenders, merchants, and service providers who are willing to lend you that money. We usually call them creditors, and we call the person who borrows money from others the debtor. Some sources of credit are credit card companies, banks, credit unions, finance companies, and retail stores. This is like the in-store credit. The tricky part about this process is that not everyone is granted credit. It is really up to the creditor to decide if they trust you to pay them back in the future. Creditors look at certain factors of a borrower to determine this. We call this the credit worthiness of a borrower. Each person has a different level of credit worthiness, and creditors use the five C's of credit to determine if they are credit worthy. The first C is character. The credit history and the borrower's reputation is looked at. If the borrower already has trouble repaying debt, they probably aren't the most credit worthy. And vice versa, if the borrower's credit history is clean and is known to pay back everything, a creditor is most likely to lend the money. Character is also where the credit score is assessed, which I will get into a little more later. 
The second C is capacity. This is where the debt to income ratio is assessed, which is basically the borrower's total monthly debt divided by their monthly gross income. The go-to percentage to aim for is around 35% or less. The assessment is to determine if they actually will be able to pay back the loan depending on their income. The third C is capital. Capital that a borrower puts down towards their potential investment makes creditors take their loans more seriously. When down payments are larger, creditors are most likely to grant you the credit. The fourth C is collateral. Collateral gives lenders and creditors more security and assurance. There are situations where a borrower is not as creditworthy as you might have thought, and the borrower might default the loan. The borrower has technically taken the creditor's money and can't or refuse to pay it back. This is when the creditor or lender steps in to take the borrower's collateral. This could be a car, a house, something that is of value to the borrower that would make them more motivated to pay back that money. Not every creditor or lender will require collateral, but these collateral-based loans are also called secure loans. The lenders are most likely guaranteed something back if the borrower can't pay. And the fifth C is conditions. Creditors can look at the conditions surrounding the loan, like principal amount, interest rate, the state of the economy, and industry trends to weigh into their decision. If you want to learn even more about the five C's of credit, make sure to check out Investopedia.com. At the end of the day, it is up to the creditor. There is technically no rubric to follow. However, the biggest factor that you can control that will get you granted for credit almost all the time is your credit score. You now know what credit is, but what exactly is a credit score? It's a number ranging from 300 to 850 that reflects a person's credit worthiness. The higher the credit score, the easier it'll be for you to get loans and borrow money from creditors. The factors that contribute to your credit score are payment history, which is looked at to see if the borrower pays on time, total amount owed, which is how much credit the borrower is currently using, length of credit history, so the longer the credit history, usually the less risky. This also makes it so even if you've only borrowed money once and paid it back fully and on time, which would give you an 850 credit score or something around that, that doesn't automatically guarantee you'll pay it back with this next loan. Next is the types of credit, such as what kind of loans they've previously borrowed. And the last is new credit, which looks at how many new accounts have been opened and are pending. Once again, check out Investopedia.com if you want to learn even more about what contributes to a credit score. The specific scale used to determine what a credit score level you're at goes something like this. A credit score from 300 to 579 is poor, 580 to 669 is fair, 670 to 739 is good, 740 to 799 is very good, and 800 and above is excellent. The average in the US is around 720. Now, you may be thinking, why should you care? How does this number actually contribute to my life? Well, the reason why your credit score is so important is because it's a powerful tool in your financial life that can either make your life easier or harder. Not everyone has the money to pay anything up front, especially for houses and cars. This is why we have auto loans and mortgages. 
both of these mean you are borrowing money from a creditor to pay for your house and car. If you had a poor credit score, most creditors won't grant you credit for you to be able to afford to pay your house or car. Credit score determines whether or not you'll be approved for a loan or even a credit card. And even if you are able to get a loan or a credit card with a fair or a good credit score, the interest rates are insane compared to someone who has a very good or excellent credit score. Remember, the higher your credit score, the easier financial life will be. I feel like I've said this so many times in this podcast, but it is so true. Another reason why you should care about your credit score that most people don't know is that they can determine whether or not you'll be hired for a job. They won't be able to look at your exact credit score, but they'll be able to see your full credit report, which is almost the same thing. Excluding the jobs that you can basically get without experience, employers will look at your credit score to determine if you'll be in financial distress that can cause problems with the company. For example, someone who is in financial trouble and their credit report shows struggles with paying back loans could lead to company theft or fraud. Any and all companies want to eliminate all financial risk and that can start with hiring the right people who won't add to this risk, which are usually people who have high credit scores. After hearing about how much power your credit score has on your life enjoyment, you may be thinking, well, Karen, I know why I should have a high credit score, but how do I even get a high credit score? Well, there are many easy ways and significant ways to improve your credit score. The number one solution is to pay your bills on time. I will say it again. The number one solution is to pay your bills on time. That is part of the whole concept of credit. Paying back borrowed money on time will absolutely boost your credit score. The rule is that after six months of paying your bills on time, you'll see a significant difference in your credit score. A piece of advice that can be surprising to some is to not close your credit card accounts. Most think that they need to limit their credit accounts so they can focus on one to improve on when in fact you need multiple credit accounts to improve your credit score. Having multiple accounts to showcase that you can pay back those loans will build your credit. After all, you need to open new accounts to be able to get credit. But don't overdo it. Opening and applying for too many new accounts can damage your credit score because of the inquiry for each application. The last way to improve your credit score that I'm going to talk about is to maintain a low credit utilization rate, specifically in the single digits. Your credit utilization rate is the ratio of the amount of revolving credit you are using to the amount of revolving credit you have. An example is if you have a $10,000 credit limit and you have a balance of $2,000 on your credit card, your credit card utilization rate is 20% you're using 20% of your credit limit. Your credit utilization rate impacts up to 30% of your credit score, so a low credit utilization rate means you aren't spending anywhere close to your limit, which is a good look for creditors because it shows that you won't overspend and you can manage your credit. This also ties into not closing your credit card accounts. When you have multiple credit accounts and you're using only a small percentage of each credit card, 
which would mean a low credit utilization rate for each card, this will build your credit and earn the trust of creditors. Now, no matter what your financial rate is or what your credit score is, there are absolutely many different ways to improve your credit score. Your credit score isn't permanent. It's always susceptible to change, for better or for worse, depending on your decisions. So I hope you've learned what credit is in this episode and why you should care about yours. Thank you for listening to another episode of Casual Finance. I'm your host, Karen, and make sure to keep up with the episodes to learn more about personal finance. So now we're going to-